what is the problem I'm trying to solve? So you as a business owner or a business, you're obviously trying to solve something. And so if you were able to then identify what that something is and then work out who that would be for, then you could potentially, even as a really lean prototype, go out to customers and say, hey, I'm thinking about this thing. Would it actually solve your problem? Um, and then further extrapolating that even doing and I'm, I'm a big advocate for storyboards um i believe that if you were then be able to identify your customer and then step through the process that they would go to use your to find out your product to then use your product and then become an advocate let's say of your product what would that story look like hello and welcome to the mind to lead podcast i'm georgie hubbard and i am on a mission to help you live a level 10 life if you want to live an extraordinary life, a life full of passion and energy, of joy and abundance, then this is the podcast that teaches you how to do just that. Through my conversations with some extraordinary leaders and my own life experiences, I come to you weekly with all of the teachings and steps you need to take your life to the next level. So if you are ready to develop the mindset it takes to lead, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind to Lead podcast and today I am sat with the beautiful Rebecca House. Rebecca, amazing to have you here today. Hi guys, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, pleasure. Now you and I go back a long way. We've worked with each other for, I'm going to say like almost four years now, like on and off, you know, obviously when I was in recruitment, I I think I've helped helped you secure a job and I, I can't remember it go, goes back so far but for the audience that don't know who you are could you just give a little bit of an introduction to who is Rebecca what your journey's been and what's led you to this point in your life today yeah so um yes I'm Rebecca House um I've been working in um human-centered design for my whole career so it's spanning nearly 18 years now um so it started in um uh, advertising and marketing and has gone into more of the product and product management side of things of late um but ultimately it's always been about the customer so making sure that we look at you know what are their problems how do we solve for them and um ultimately design or deliver both design and deliver a really awesome experience that helps um, solve those problems for them. So my career has, yeah, as I said, has been going on a lot of different tangents, um, but of late has now sort of stepped into more of the, um, the, I guess, the coaching and developing side of things to different businesses, sort of taking what I've learned over the years and now I'm helping, um, you know, uh, provide that sort of insight and help businesses grow from that perspective um yeah just really getting them to understand the customer so I'm still working within a business but I'm also going out and doing a lot of um freelancey kind of things these days that's mm. been really exciting amazing amazing and you are currently working at Unisuper aren't that that's correct isn't it your recent job perfect yeah. so so what have you been brought in to do so as a Unisuper being you know one of the big corporates what's your role um there are you leading a team right now what are you sort of doing day to day in your current position um, so the current position has been, um, so this, it's a new CX team of the last few years. So um, my role has to been to come in and look at um, a compliance piece um, from a service design perspective. So helping them, um, the team sort of, 
be compliant, but also making sure that we put customers first. So making sure that throughout that um, journey that we're not just complying for compliance sake to make sure that we're actually prioritizing and do the best things for the customer first. Um, and then obviously not make the um, operational side of things horrendous as well. So making sure that end to end um, customer, but also back end processes and um, are all completely prioritized as well. So it's a huge piece of work. I hadn't realized how big this compliance piece was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's been my role to come in and help advocate for the customer. Amazing. Well, if anyone can do it, I have full confidence that that's going to be you. Um, but you've 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 mentioned there a few times now the customer experience, which is which is clearly a passion of yours. And I remember the first time I met you, you were you were more definitely centered around that whole human centered design piece. So people might be listening to this now who aren't in technology or digital. Could you just explain in like I guess layman terms, what do you mean by human centered design? Like if you could explain it really simply, what what is it? It really is putting the heart at everything that we do, the customer, so the human um, elements. So basically, um, you know, we, and you probably have experienced it in the past where sometimes when you're working in a team, they go to solution base and they go and think, oh, okay, there's this new tech that we've got to go and deliver. We've got to stay on the front foot and we've got to um, deliver this new thing. Um, I mean, I remember back in the day when Facebook came about and it was like, oh, we need to be on Facebook. I was like, why? <laughs> Where are your customers? Yeah. <laughs> and so that always stayed in my mind as being like, why? Like, what? What is? It, what are we trying to do for our customers? Who is your customer and what are their problems? So ultimately, that's what human-centered design is. So, you know, my customers, my clients, the companies that I work for were always just asking, so what's the customer problem in this? <laughs> yeah. And what are we trying to solve? What, are, what problem are we trying to solve? And this, this piece of work that I'm working on right now is exactly that. Like, I'm probably asking that question more and more and they're like, but it's just compliance we've just got to comply but they're they're starting to shift their understanding of oh okay that's going to help prioritize that over that because we ultimately need to comply for the customer yeah, perfect. And this is exactly why I wanted to get you on the podcast because there's lots of people I'm speaking to right now who are are too solution focused. They're thinking, I need to innovate. I need to pivot my business. I need to sort of have an online strategy and, and all these things. And they're sort of very, very focused on that. But like you just said then beautifully, they're not thinking about the end customer. And I think at the end of the day, if you don't get that piece right, you could have the best marketing strategy that you could have, you know, the best logo, business name. But if you are not providing a fantastic customer experience, your business will not grow, it will not thrive and it will not be around in five years time. So I think that's a really, really powerful message for anyone at the moment who is thinking about pivoting and, you know, what 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 is needed in the marketplace right now? And I would love to pick your brain because obviously we are living through very uncertain, unprecedented times. How should people go about like even thinking about marketing themselves and speaking to their customers? What, what, what sort of things do you do to reach out to your customers? Um, so yeah, how businesses would be able to look after themselves and make sure that they are, you know, differentiating themselves in the, in the market is really, um, Working out, I mean, there's a lot of different um, methodologies and frameworks that you can use, but even the most basic thing is just to sort of go, what is the problem I'm trying to solve? So you as a business, 
business owner or a business, you're obviously trying to solve something. And so if you were able to then identify what that something is and then work out who that would be for, then you could potentially, even as a really lean prototype, go out to customers and say, hey, I'm thinking about this thing. Would it actually solve your problem? Um, and then further extrapolating that even doing and I'm, I'm a big advocate for storyboards um i believe that if you were then be able to identify your customer and then step through the process that they would go to use your pro to find out your product to then use your product and then become an advocate let's say of your product what would that story look like so being able to sort of go through that identifies the different locations that your customer might be in the touch points are they online are they in bricks and mortar um, what are they what problem are they trying to solve with your product and then if you if you're able to really nail that then that becomes your value prop then you're able to go I've got this amazing story it's your elevator pitch because I've actually they've been able to go through and actually refine it and really target the who the what and how that's going to solve it so um, big advocate for a storyboard yeah. <laughs> it's um it's become a powerful tool um, and I actually interestingly enough last year I actually went along and so it was more it was more a small business sort of um, seminar and we were talking about like the tips and tricks that I would recommend and it was just fascinating to see that something I use every day with what I'm trying to when I'm even trying to articulate an idea to um, you know stakeholders and things it enabled me to sort of step back and go well that that is a perfect template for a startup like absolutely because you're trying to work out who your person is and then be able to tell a story and then it became a, an elevator pitch so it was like anybody could use this it's just a communication tool yeah okay yeah. so that that's amazing I think that's really really powerful so if someone's listening to this right now and they really want to get a bit of grasp and understanding of their customers how what would be like the first step of creating the storyboard like what how does that process even look because I know a lot of people are very visual so I'm trying to like visualize how to go about that yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I think I'd start off with you know a good old whiteboard I love a good whiteboard and just to sort of go okay well, again go back to like what is the thing that I'm trying to um, pro provide my customers? So what, and then go back to what is the problem I'm trying to solve? And then who is it for? So then you're starting going, well, for instance, if um, I'm, I'm just going to use an example of right now, like a lot of businesses are realizing they're not digital and how do they go digital? You know, they're probably going, oh, I need this website or I need this huge elaborate piece of tech. And it's like, well, come on, just strip it back a bit and work out who are your customers right now. So then you're able to go, well, if it's say, for instance, like a, a retail store right now, like who are their customers and are they actually online? Therefore, do you need a website? So it's starting to sort of go back keep coming back to where are my customers what are their sort of demographic and it's kind of like you could then start going okay if I'm the demographic of my my new business which tends not to be the case so actually I shouldn't use that as an example because we as the business owner are not necessarily the customers but let's say I am in that case I could then go okay well what do I do that that product can fulfill that need for so solve the problem I need to go to x so I need this problem to solve that or this thing to solve that um so I kind of like I, I love really being quite visual like you said sort of going okay well what does this person look like what is the day in the life of that person look like and how how to what affects them so like emotionally physically 
And then you start to sort of build like almost like a persona of that customer type um, to then be able to go, well, then my product or service does it actually help any of those unmet needs that they've got? Um, and okay, cool. Well, then that problem is solved by this. Um, but then go out to say those types of customers and you know have a good chat. Like I highly recommend. Like it, it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what I say. It's about like what my customers think. So if I can go out and go, hey, I've got this problem. Like I said before, I've got this solution that I might be able to solve that problem with validate it with your customers start to sort of see because then it can start to refine like your actual value prop because then you'll be able to say oh well actually that thing is way too extreme for them at the moment maybe it's just a really mind uh, a, a, a very lean sort of way I could actually approach it because then it actually reduces the cost overhead like for instance if I don't need a website and I just need an x that doesn't mm -hmm. cost as much <laughs> maybe I could just go down that path instead yeah, I I think that's such powerful advice. And I'm sat here now just like nodding my head because I think this is where so many entrepreneurs go wrong and where I've definitely gone wrong in the past is they get so excited and they think that they're going to build a website or build an app and the customers will come. And that does not happen, you know? And I think that we, we do live in a world where perhaps sells the features and the benefits, but actually don't sell the results. And that is what people are looking for. They're looking for results. And people are definitely more, you know, skeptical nowadays. There's lots of information out there, lots of free information out there. And how is your product different? How is your product? What, what result does your product um, give to people? I think that's really, really powerful advice. But you, you, you've worked with a lot of this. Yeah, you, yeah. I was just going to say on that point exactly when you start to go well what what do I do differently to my customers because that is key you need to do analysis like you need to see what what you're doing like, if you're competing with exactly the same types of products out there you will have something that's different because you are a personal you personally are different so you will have that different flavor on it you know your personality might be the style that might be the the differentiator you might yeah, like doing a product um, comparison um, or service comparison definitely helps you then work out, okay, if I'm completely the same as everybody else, what's my differentiator? Yeah, absolutely. I think having a USP is so important. Um, yeah, especially now to sort of stand out because there's a lot of, you know, businesses, you know, out there at the moment, but, you know, why are you, why are you different? I absolutely love that. And you also mentioned as well that you've worked a lot in the startup space. So apart from people not prioritized to understand their customers, is there anything else that you've sort of seen that new business owners and entrepreneurs or even not even new business owners, but big organizations that they, you know, because you've work for some really big amazing organizations as well where are people going wrong do you see sort of common th um, threads and mistakes being made yes <laughs> <laughs> don't have to be um, don't have to be diplomatic <laughs> um, no i mean i honestly think they're always the same fundamental problems regardless if they're big or small i think you've always got to come back or even if it is a big thing, 
No, I think it's regardless. So if you're small or big, you have got one awesome thing that you're really great at. And then as you get bigger, you've got to start diff like having all these different products and services and stuff. And it kind of dilutes the original reason why you went out into the market in the first place. And you've got to make sure that you've got to keep coming back to or reinvent it because it, as you grow, it could become a whole nother value proposition, which now has all these other new features and benefits on it. But when you start, that's the that's the key, like I said before, making sure that you've got the absolute differentiator that's then setting you apart and you're solving that problem for those customers. And it's maybe just one thing and it, oft, it has to be. You have to start off with one thing because, as I said, if you go too broad too quick, you dilute it in the market. If you're just able to focus on that one thing and do it awesome, customers are going to know and understand what you're trying to sell. If you try to do all these things, they're like, so I'm not quite sure what you do. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and an actual personal, um, uh, on my personal front, I think when as I've gone through my career, I've had to realise that too because I have quite a lot of different skill sets and going in and being a master of everything hasn't really helped me when I've gone into job interviews. So that too in itself is like a product. I'm trying to sell myself and I was trying to sell myself with every bells and whistles that I come with as opposed to just sticking to the one thing and being able to say, I do this really awesome thing and you need this. I I love that and uh, is it funny I, I was listening to something the other day I think it was another podcast and I, I can't remember the podcast unfortunately but it was really good I'll try and find it but they said that you know who would you rather go to that if you had a, a found a tumor in your brain would you rather go to the general practitioner or the brain surgeon you know like the specialist and and as a specialist you can actually charge more for your services you know so I think that's again really powerful advice for anyone who's even a coach or a consultant or starting a business narrow down know your market know your customer know what problem you're solving go after that and then build out from there you know I think that's that is such powerful advice especially now where it's so easy to kind of like come up with new ideas we're spending a lot of time in isolation and I've had a million zillion ideas over the last sort of six weeks and I'm 90 miles an hour so it's really hard not to go let's go for that and that but actually it's stripping it right back because it's quite easy to get overwhelmed especially when you are starting a business to go I need to be doing everything uh, but actually it's just pick your pick your niche go for that really solve that problem and then build from there I think that's such powerful advice but Let's talk to that as well, because obviously we are now in, well, Melbourne's gone into stage four lockdown again. Um, so how how are you dealing with it personally? I mean, I know that a lot of people I'm speaking to are really struggling this time round, but what sort of like self-care practices are you sort of putting in place to make sure that, you know, you are looking after yourself during this time? Yeah, absolutely. And I must, I absolutely admit that this morning I probably had a little bit of a, um, uh, why us again, you know, moment, but obviously this is a natural disaster, I think they're calling it now. Um, mm. So it's it's a pandemic we all need to cope with, but, you know, it's hard. It is, it's been really hard. I must admit, I've, my partner's been made redundant. I've moved on to a new role. So there's been obviously extra additional things that have happened through our period, which I'm sure everyone's, you know, battling with as well. Um, but what I've had to really do is look at that mindset of like ad adaptivity because it really is just a matter, it's just another change. And 
it's not been easy. I'm not going to profess to be perfect at this change, but just looking, being really positive and understanding that this is nothing I can change, that I can only change what I can control um, or, you know, control the controllable. And that's been really key for me because um, I, I mean, I'm, it's been a roller coaster like it's been for everybody else, but I've really just had to keep focusing back on what I can control. And what I can control to those that point is looking at, you know, exercising, meditation, um, positive thinking and positive talk, because I know that there's been times where, like, you know, at the beginning, oh, why me, why this, and especially this morning. But then I stood on the beach this morning and I just, you know, took a big deep breath in and just look, I have gratitude. I've just got this amazing things around me that this is all I can control. This funny little dog digging a hole in the, <laughs> in the um, sand. And I had my coffee in hand and that's all I can control right now. And, of yeah. course, I was preparing mentally <laughs> to come into this as well. Um, but, yeah, that's... That's honestly what I'm uh, – so even going back to the meditation side of things, like it's just I have not been regular with it, but I've been really trying to, you know, have, um, you know, time for myself because I think that's been, like you said before, go, go, go. Okay, now we're in lockdown. We've got all these expectations to do all these things and read a million books and listen to all these podcasts and you yeah. <laughs> learn all these different courses and stuff. And I'm like, actually, hang on a minute. I just need to slow down. Yeah. And that's actually one of the things at the beginning I was very appreciative at the beginning because this actually forced a lot of us, you know, crazy, you know, entrepreneurs and, you know, thought leaders to just slow down because mm -hmm. we haven't been giving ourselves time. Mm -hmm. And I, I really have appreciated that out of bad things. Like I said, I always look at the positive and the positive things have been that a lot of people have slowed down and really just taking stock, appreciating what they have, loving their own home, decorating their own home yeah. as opposed to doing other things. So it's just yeah. been, that that to me has been really a good thing that's yeah. come out of this, as yeah. terrible as the situation is. Some yeah. good things have come out of it. Yeah, and that's beautiful. And thank you so much for sharing that because like, I think pe that's what people need to hear right now. Like it's it's okay not to be okay. And you you have your moments because, and I always say it, all feelings want to be felt, you know, like, and if you just mask it and just sort of put a Band-Aid on it, well, you know, that Band-Aid is gonna start leaking and, you know, you've just got to just, just feel what's there, you know, but you again, you can always, I guess, then choose how you want to respond, you know, so yes, feel frustrated, feel sad, feel fed up. All of those emotions have their place. But then you always have a choice to say, okay, do I want to stay here? You know, or do I want to perhaps then focus on gratitude? Okay, well, there are people who are a lot worse off than me. And, and look, at, look at what I have, like you did this morning when you're on the beach with your coffee. Like, you know, the fact that you can just walk onto the beach. I mean, how amazing, you know? And I just think it's very easy to get caught up in our own, you know, thoughts and things and gratitude, I always say is one of the biggest and quickest and easiest ways to get yourself out of a negative situation because I don't care what you're going through, there is always something to appreciate, you know, and again, it's changing the language that we use, you know, I guess instead of saying we're stuck indoors, we're safe indoors, you know, all of these things that we can be doing as well, I think that's really, really powerful. Um, and then guess, language, yeah, change yeah. the language. I've always been a true believer that even before all this, like if you say 
negative things all the time, you're going to manifest it. So yes. I've always believed, and I know it's hard, like I don't profess this time has been easy for any of us, but you just need to keep using those positive words mm-hmm. and positive thinking. Oh, no, positive words create positive thinking, then manifest positivity around you. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I can I am so with you on that I uh, like I, I watch my like every word I I speak I'm like oh like if I if sometimes I'll say what if that happens and I go not if when you know just subtle changes I'm like when you know I grow my business and when this happens and it's just manifesting these things into existence and you can tell a lot of with what's going on in someone's mind by the words they use it's very very interesting once you start to sort of see people's patterns um but let's talk about leadership now because you know I know you've done a lot of leading um in your time as well and what advice would you give to somebody who is sort of leading a team right now um, and, you know, they're struggling to stay motivated, let alone keep their team motivated? Any advice for leaders out there right now who are finding it challenging at this time? Definitely um, the, the adaptive mindset is like, I, it's just really understanding that it's okay to feel not okay and that you because if you're controlling a lot of other people as well around you you've got all their emotions as well um, to be managing and it's okay to just say I'm not okay that I'm just having a really rough day today you know for whatever reason your kids and or you know whatever the circumstances are um, that I think that transparency and that honesty with your team especially now is really really key um, and I've actually heard a lot of um, managers and leaders that have also been feeling um, that this connectivity um, has been a good thing because they have actually stripped back all the the hierarchy and they're actually becoming more personable in their team again and I think maybe that's where it's been lost a little a bit over time that people have been like oh this is my role I just filter it down through all the people rather than get down on the ground and remember that where you started like you were a person you were doing that job once before and how, how did you want to be felt uh, reacted with and, and managed and led like get back and actually find out if you're doing the best job for that team member. So I think that's been a really interesting shift that I don't know if you've heard across um, the time with all the different managers and leaders that are kind of saying this has really changed my approach. And I've actually remembered to come back and be more personable, be more transparent, be more honest with my team again. Um, So that's been a really nice one. I think that um, and, and I think because it, I know we're in digital formats constantly, um, but that connectivity is probably not not work related, but like just as in just how are you, how are you feeling? Like I had my boss this morning, actually, my manager this morning asked me that, and it was all I needed because I had sort of started, and I'm sure he was doing it because it's the start of lockdown four, yeah. <laughs> but it it did help. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. And I went, thanks for asking, because yeah. that's all I needed. I needed that connection. I needed to know he cared. Mm. And then I could move on with my day and feel really empowered. Yeah, uh, such powerful advice for any leaders out there. I just think, you know, the question, are you okay? should be asked, you know, all the time, you know, and, and, and it's okay to say, no, I'm not actually, you know, like don't think you've got to mask your feelings as well. I think the, the one skill that's coming out of this that's needed now more than ever is empathy. 
you know, and, and I won't lie. I used to struggle massively with empathy because I was like, what do you mean? You, you know, you're feeling sad and sorry for yourself. Get up, dust yourself off again. You know, it's going to be okay. But I am becoming more and more understanding because, you know, I've, I've been struggling myself, you know, had a few moments throughout this as well. And, you know, it's just, everyone is on their own journey. Everyone's doing the best they can. And if you have that approach, then you really, you can't judge, you can't criticize. You think everybody is going through this at their own pace in their own way. And yeah, if everybody could just have some empathy and understanding and just compassion for one another right now, we will get through this and we'll, you know, we'll, we will rise stronger as people, as leaders, as organizations and I think that that's what where the focus needs to be um but Rebecca it's been an incredible conversation I think that there's just been so many amazing takeaways and look just I guess just to impart your any advice to people listening to this right now that you know perhaps are really struggling to get motivated or you know or even out of work or just just not in a good place right now sort of where should someone start in your in your in your opinion um you know on the sort of self-care journey and getting themselves back into that positive mindset every day yeah definitely a routine um i can't highly especially right now highly recommend a routine like i we ha- we've got a whiteboard and i literally have <laughs> i get up at the time i have a and i know that sounds ridiculous but like it actually made me start to go oh well i haven't done that today that wasn't good but not curse myself or get angry at myself but just go at least I've done like one specific thing that I have caught myself out not doing now in the last few months but at the beginning I was doing was having a lunch break because I was was sitting at the computer for eight hours straight and I wasn't getting up and having Mm. those breaks or computer um you know obviously we're online constantly at the moment and we need time out we need time away from the screen to just take a break and you know we more productively um uh, at home which is great however it's also got its downfall and the fact is we need to set those those things in motion so that we have you know go for a walk we're only allowed to get out at the moment for an hour but that hour is really critical and getting some sunlight onto your face getting some Mm -hmm. fresh air into your Uh, to the lungs it's really really critical just to get on with it and then you know doing a little bit of exercise at lunchtime I don't know walking up and down the hallway (laughs) and someone actually made a good point the other day having ends so a book ends at the start and the end of your day so that you get up it might only be 10 minutes of exercise at either end but you're not doing work on the computer Mm. Um, yeah, so real, I definitely think putting in the routine and writing it down because visualizing it. Visualizing it means that you then can see what you need to do. You become a bit more action, um, accountable for those yeah. actions. And I think that's helped me. So I, if I can impart that, yeah. a routine <laughs> yeah. would be what I'd say. Yeah, I, I completely agree because I had someone ask me the other day, how's your routine changed since all, this all happened? I was like, well, it hasn't. You know, I've still got up at the same time. Yeah, granted, I've had, you know, a few mornings where I've given myself some grace and, you know, stayed a little bit extra longer in bed or just having a coffee in bed, whatever. But as, as I would say 90% of the time I've stuck to a routine. I've still exercised. I've still done my meditations. I've still read. I still switched off on the evening and done some yoga because I know that that gives me structure and what doesn't get scheduled doesn't get done. You know, so I love the fact that you do your whiteboard. I think that's really, really powerful. And and hence why you're in a, a good mindset right now. You know, you're not perfect. No one is. But you are 
certainly looking at this with a glass half full attitude rather than a, a glass half empty and I think that's yeah that's what everyone sort of you know if we can do that then we, we will get through this but Rebecca where can people find you if they've listened to this podcast now and they want to work with you they want to pick your brain on a few things that they're struggling with in their business where should they go to reach out to you yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn pretty actively. So it's Rebecca House um, at LinkedIn. So uh, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-H-O-W-S-E. Um, and I will be able to help you with most things, I'm sure, or at least give put you in the right to someone else that might be able to help. But yeah, definitely. I am always there to lend an ear. Beautiful. We'll put the, or, the link. Yeah, or a Zoom or a Skype. But we'll, we'll put the... <laughs> We'll put the links in the show notes below. But Rebecca, amazing to have you here. And to all of my incredible listeners, I really hope you got a lot of takeaways and fantastic information out of this. I know I did. Uh, Wherever you are, have a beautiful day and I will speak to you again soon. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Mind to Lead podcast. I really hope you got some great takeaways and key learnings from this episode. To help us spread the message, please give us a rating and leave us a review. We love reading your thoughts and your insights and your learnings. And look, reach out to me. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Georgie Hubbard. Reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Georgie L. Hubbard. Let's connect. I hope you have an incredible day and I look forward to speaking to you all again soon.